Welcome to Pod for Teacher. I'm Aaron Fitzpatrick. I'm Nate Langelli. And I'm Krista Milanovic. How Hi, is Hello, everybody. 2021. Wow. Whoa. We have a new year. Okay. I, I just wasn't expecting, I just didn't think about it. But we're it's almost there. It's fresh. Is yeah. it really, though? We're fresh doing the same thing. I mean, it is fresh, but still doing the same thing. Fresh, same. But it, but it, it is because the I feel as if there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, yeah. I agree yeah. with you on that one. That was sort of the takeaway from our last episode. We, you know, wow. the tunnel. We are, we are on the the vaccination list at this point. Like that, that's coming sooner than later. And um, you know, like I, I like many other districts around us and far and wide. You know, where we, there's talk of you know, like the like students returning to the classrooms and things like that. So a lot, a lot of change, but, um, you know, one, one day, right. Yeah. Um, on change. a completely unrelated note, I could go for a little Debbie zebra cake right now. If you guys are interested or care. I can't tell you the last time I've eaten a little Debbie zebra cake. Are you, I, feel like I, I used to enjoy them when I was in middle school, I think last time. And, and th that's a, that's a lovely tasty dish for anybody from a nine-year-old to a 99-year-old. Yeah, we're a Nutty Buddy family. Like, that's yeah. what they're, Little Debbie Nutty Buddies are always a staple. Okay, okay, that's fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. Hard segue in speaking of change. Uh, <laughs> in our beloved field of education, um, do you guys ever get the feeling that there's this, like, never-ending Rolodex of initiatives and programs and uh, and things aimed at improving the overall quality of education. Do you? Mm. Um, I'm not sure. Is this a trap question? Is that what, are you setting us up? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yes, yes. I feel that um, there is a never ending repetitive Rolodex. Okay. Well, you, are, not, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You are not alone, right? You are not alone. Uh, so, however, though, to be fair with, change, as we know, as we've discussed many times in uh, a variety of different topics, change can um, improve things and make things better. And, and we need to always be working uh, to meet that end to try to um, to improve our practice and to make our you know experience for our students better and improve our schools. But as this may surprise you, not all initiatives are created equally and not all programs are endowed with effectiveness. Some have a great benefit, while others appear to be a silver bullet, uh, end up being no more than smoke and mirrors, we'll say. Whoa. Dun, dun, dun. So how do we know what changes, tweaks, or adjustments to a school and or district truly provide positive growth and substance as opposed to just empty promises? That's our essential question for today. Well, we'll get right into it after this word from Welcome back. It's still 2021 though, correct? Yes. yes. Okay. But it's yes. almost, almost a new month though. So there, there you go. Okay. I'd like to start us off real quick with a game. If you would indulge me, please, you fine yeah, folks. We, have, we haven't played a little game in a while, in a while. Um, so what you'll need is either an old school pen and paper. Got it. Or a fancy dancy digital doc to work with. Pen and paper will probably be quicker because this is a timed game. Okay. Game. Okay, K Mills is on it. Fitzy, are you ready? Do you have writing utensil? I'm good. Okay. So the game is easy, but I think we can have some fun with it. You're going to have 30 seconds okay. to, write, to write down or type, I guess you're both writing, as many answers as possible to the category that I give you. Oh, my God. It's like categories. Do we have yeah. to start with a certain letter? No. No, no, no. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. And it, very simple. The person with the most... At the end of 30 seconds wins. Does alliterate alliteration count? Yeah, sure. Okay, sure. great. Ready? Mm -hmm. Here's your category. Okay. Here it is. For 30 seconds on the clock. You can kind of see that on the clock. I got my phone ready. Please tell me 
how many uh, how many educational jargon words can you give me? Go. Oh, there's a clock stick and I see. They look very, for those of you who can't see, which is everybody who's just listening, they look very intense on this. My talking may be distracting them. I could start singing, but I shan't. Okay, you have 13 seconds. You're down to nine seconds. Five, four, three, two, one, time. Oh, okay. Count them up. What, how, what's your what's your total there? What are your numbers? I I go ahead, Krista. I have eight. I literally only came up with four, but I have I have a reason for that. <laughs> oh, I I doubled you. You did. Um, yeah. I'm not. This is not an excuse. Kristen deserves to win. Kristen deserves everything that she ever wants in this world. <laughs> oh, my. I will say. Is this an age joke coming? No, no, no. Oh, okay. This is a, so I, I don't know if this was your your intention, Mr. Langelli, by, by throwing this out here at, at us, but as I started to think, they all became a jumbled mess in my head. <laughs> so many repetitive, you know, just tweaks on the same idea, you know, words or whatever that I just, I blanked. It could only come up with a couple things, and uh, you know, like given some more time than thirty seconds, I, you know, I'm sure we could come up with a ton of, of, of words or whatever. But sure, sure, sure. It's more about you know, uh, just my my awful memory, or you know, I perhaps you haven't been hit with enough initiatives in your career. Okay, I highly doubt that. <laughs> Bits, why don't you read your list? What's on your list? <laughs> okay. If we have any dupes, I wrote down uh, the first thing I wrote down. I don't know why DBQ. Yes, uh, I, I use those often. Yeah, I wrote down Common Core. Although I don't, is that a buzzword? I don't know. We'll we'll accept it. I, I wrote down assessment. <laughs> okay, you, yeah. I, like this, I was starting to panic because you start reading it times at this point. I, I couldn't. <laughs> okay. And then I, I just wrote down. Uh, Standards? I don't know. I got, I was down to three seconds at that point. <laughs> you know what? Well, we will. The judges say we will allow those answers. I mean, I crushed you with terms. Yeah, I bet you did. Well, you've also been. You've been one of them, uh, QBQ. <laughs> QBQ, right? Well, we got I, I mean, to be honest, um, I have been teaching at this district a little bit longer than both of you, and a lot of these initiative names and buzzwords. To, may come from a time early in your career. So the from the from the dark period before we brought in the sunshine. Is that what you're trying to say? Absolutely. I mean, there's there's a lot of them. There's a lot. Of them. Well, what do you what do you have on your list, there, Chris? Um, I have PBL. Oh good, yes. Good to great. Collins writing. SAT, ACT, rigor, relevance, quadrant D, relationships, reflection, and the three R's. I was here for all that. Yeah. Then I'm a winner. It's you should have you should have just kept quiet, buddy. You didn't need to admit uh, to that. My fantasy football oh. team name for a long time was like rigor relevance, right? Yeah. Like our teams, and so that's possible. Why, right? But lead the learn. Also that. I think it's a paradox. I think like declaring yourself the winner of this particular contest doesn't really mean you're the winner, does it? <laughs> <laughs> way more of these than all of us <laughs> oh let's move on to something a little more meaningful than you make fun of me <laughs> my goodness so as we talk about all of these initiatives and obviously some of these things have lasted with me and are ingrained in my daily brain um, there are some uh, actual websites that give some merit to some of the initiatives that have been given. So edweb.net has published a document titled How School Leaders Can Make Lasting Change. Okay, so while we as teachers might not think of ourselves as school leaders, we in truth obviously know that we are in ways that we can't imagine. We inspire, we motivate, we encourage, and not only um, our students, but also our colleagues as well. So with that in mind, this article highlighted five domains that were um, that should be 
adhered to for effective leaders. So they are as follows. All right, drum roll, Nate. Number one, having a shared vision. Number two, strategic resourcing, right? That would be the project process of aligning the activities of the human resources to the strategic and to day-to-day requirements of the organization and making the full utilization with training and development of all of the resources. Number three is a safe and orderly environment. Number four would be teacher and staff and faculty effectiveness. Number five, teacher leader learning and professional development. And then that's it. That's what they say. Those are the five pillars. What do you think? What are we missing? I don't know if we're missing anything. They're, they're, they're fairly broad categories. I think what we're getting at here is like, for me, these are wonderful things that almost every school and district prior aiming for, but so many times maybe we just fall short in trying to reach those things, right? Like, Maybe we have, maybe this initiative is trying to aim at more professional development, or this one's trying to provide more of a safe and order. Like, I like the overall, I like the fact that they are general and they seem very solid, but achieving those five pillars, that's for me the missing piece sometimes. Like, how do we actually effectively achieve those? That's what we're talking about, I guess. What do you think, Aaron? Are we missing any? I don't think we're missing any either. I mean, like, so teacher and staff effectiveness, I mean, that, for the most part, that's something you can control within your own room um, and, and what you do outside of the classroom. Um, and, you know, like the way you learn and, and develop yourself, like you can still control that on your own. You do need the time to do that. And, and, and time is a precious commodity, as we all know. But some of these things I do believe depend on a lot of buy-in. So like you, you know, having, uh, you know, a seat at the table for some of these conversations when like if, if, if teachers truly are school leaders or whatever, like having a seat at that table is invaluable. And, and, and that's something that I, I know we've been thankful to have that for, uh, for certain things that we've done throughout the years as well. And that's something that, you know, we've heard from other uh, folks that have worked outside of our district that have different perspectives that, you know, being able to kind of have a say in that change um, that contributes to that shared vision or the strategic resourcing that you mentioned. And, and yeah. And- I don't know. I, I do. I feel like we're missing. Um, and obviously I'm the one who remembers all the names of the initiatives. <laughs> one that does really stand out to me from my career is the um, the relevance and then the reflection piece. And that's obviously part of the three R's with the rigor. And again, like I think reflecting will allow, you know, again, like what you're saying with time and, and establishing um the shared visions are that's something that that piece i think needs to be in there but i don't that i was surprised right like based off the article i was like really so there's no like all right what are we doing well and what are where are the areas of improvement so that may have fallen in my mind kind of fell under the last one a little bit the teacher learning and development but i see what you're saying though your point to make it more of a focal point as opposed to just kind of maybe being a side note yeah we just did like just to, to to kind of echo that point. I mean, I, I know we're we're all in committees working on on different things right now, mm-hmm. and one of one of our my group's um, goals in that was we take a lot of these um, very specific um, objectives, and then we try to figure out where the like content is, and can we combine some? Can you know? Can we have? bigger umbrellas basically. And that, that's sort of how I was thinking of that too. I, I, I 100% agree with everything you said, but I guess in my mind, I was, I'm trying to, I'm lumping them into other, other categories that were, that were mentioned. I th- and just kind of f- finishing that thought there, that shared vision in my mind is we're kind of going back to what you said, Fitz, having buy-in, like you can have a, a wonderful vision, but if you don't have enough people buying into it, then it's really not going to so, and it's interesting you say that because I, there's, I have two points on the shared vision. So number one, like obviously d- school districts for them, you know, can be transient depending on whether, you know, the staff um, turnover rate can change based on the type of district or when it is. So when question in my head, and this is, this really has no answer, but when does the shared vision get established and who establishes that? who establishes it and then 
if there is only one person, is it really shared or is that where the buy-in comes in? Right. So to quote the article, it says without a shared vision, it is a, it is challenging to move a district forward and create a cult culture where students and teachers feel safe. Resources are allocated purposefully. And it is also critical that school le leaders stay informed of the best practices. Well, absolutely. Right. That's where the, um, the professional development would come in. The purpose of this, I think, Aaron, is what you're saying, would be to ensure that the student outcomes or objectives um, are being met while continually learning in the same way that their teachers are learning. By learning alongside them, it allows school leaders to lead from the front of the pack and be the catalyst for sustainable change. You like that vocab word there, catalyst? I do, I do. Yeah. I do. Uh, according to the, uh, I found another article now, second, secondary article here. It's the January 20, you know, in my spare time, um, I read the January 2021 publication of NEA magazine. <laughs> and, um, it states that the pandemic has moved us to share a vision and creativity and that all teachers are being pushed toward a shared, uh, create creative vision, which I found interesting that each school entity coupled with the students, we are learning to know our power, quote unquote, and build upon it. Uh, and the NEA's mission truthfully is to align with the shared visions for every student in school and they provide free webinar, webinar resources that will indeed help us all to build. With the recent onslaught of information for distance learning, it can be difficult to assess how we will move forward collectively to cultivate that shared vision. So I, I like that you brought up the NAA magazine. The idea is like this whole new dynamic of, you know, virtual learning is it's crazy. The, the, the huge transformation that's made it in the field of education um, overnight. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see just moving forward as, you know, this light at the end of the tunnel, as you talk about gets closer, we're not going to go back to the way things were 100% probably before the pandemic, right? I mean, how can we? So many changes have been enacted. So what will that look like? We're not really sure. Um, but I think it's a very um, vital point to bring up there. And a side note to that is um, we are still taking sponsorships. So if NEA wants to be one of the sponsors, we still... <laughs> No, that one that doesn't work. I know, I know. I am I'm so good at all of this. But yeah, I mean, I just think it's it's interesting. And like I, I mean, we've been at this district a long time, right? And and those five pillars, like do do we do you guys agree that these are these are what are needed to move a district and a school forward toward a progressive uh learning environment? Um, yeah. Uh, I mean I, I I do. I mean I, I think that you can uh, I'm always a little bit amused whenever I see, you know, like this is a list of five things, you know, and you read that list of five things and you're like, I could rename that list 27 different ways. Yeah, you can only rename it four ways. But, you know, like we, we, we joke about some of the buzzwords and things like that, we, you know, even if you can't remember them uh, in the very simple time span. But hey, you know what? Like there's, you can, what do they say? You can put lipstick on a pig, right? But like, um, it, you know, that phrase. You, now you're messing with me. Now you're messing with me. I've never heard that. You've never heard that. Okay. No. So you, I've heard it before. Give her the more expression. You can you can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig. It's like you basically you're you're you're, you're spruce. Oh, like a snake can shed his skin every year, but it's still a snake. Right, 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 right. Got it. Right. So, <laughs> Yeah, so the idea is, you know, you can name these things, whatever you want to name them. You can fit under each of those uh, headings or umbrellas or whatever you want to call them, any number of different things or whatever. And I still think what it comes down to is, like, every school is different. We talk about this a lot. Every district is different. Every teacher and student and school board and community, like, everything's different. Like, you know, there's no way to, uh, to make change uh, like uniform across a, a large swath of, you know, the, the districts in our country or our state even, right? So I do think that th these broad ideas are meaningful. I think they do, uh, you know, you could fit lots of different things underneath each one. But I mean, when it comes down to it, to me, the most important is that, you know, each, each district truly kind of do the deep dive into, you know, what the needs of, of its, like their own district 
would be figure out and then and meet those needs with the entire team you know it's like at, you know every you know you could have the best leaders of uh you know the best educational leaders you could have the best teachers you could have the best students or whatever but you know it, until you get you know those stakeholders working together to try to you know diagnose those things almost like an autopsy right of, of what the issue is like you're not going to affect change on the level that I think you're seeking to affect change. Um, and, and so it, I, I think it, it does, it, it takes a village. Yeah. Yeah. There's another buzzword for you. Stakeholders. You should have put that on your list. Oh yeah. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. um, well, another organization called the 74, which aims at improving education for the 74 million students in the United States wrote a piece called the pizza rule. I like pizza. Pizza's great, right? Great. Uh, they already have me. Right? They have me yeah, a pizza. That's old. <laughs> the, the pizza rule and other tips for making effective, long-lasting changes in your school. So in it, they gave a framework for implementing changes. And they said, in considering the essential roles that school leaders and school leadership teams can play, it's useful to consider five areas of responsibility. Okay, so here's another list of five. <laughs> Construction, planning, implementing, supporting, and monitoring of these change-based initiatives, okay? So let, let's get into that a little bit. So for construction, uh, for whatever team is being created, make sure one pizza can feed the members. Too many people will get things bogged down. Try to have one or two naysayers to get a better representation of perspectives. Um, that's an interesting perspective. I usually try to avoid the naysayers <laughs> because it is toxic and exhausting. <laughs> The second one was planning. So the piece said, regardless of district size, teachers and coaches often have the read on a school's readiness for change. Many have seen initiatives come and go and can indicate which variables contribute to an initiative's longevity and success. Um, as far as implementing is concerned, they're saying start small and then go big. It seems kind of obvious, right? Yeah. Just having a few teachers try something before doing a full scale rollout. And, and we've seen we've seen things go both ways in that, you know, and we've seen success. Uh, with, with some of those small scale rollouts to begin. Um, as far as uh, the supporting uh, point that they're making, uh, quote, once an initiative is implemented, school leadership teams can act as pillars of support for its long-term success. Team members hold a direct line to the needs of both teachers and classrooms. Their feedback can be used to determine professional development opportunities or indicate the need for other supports. Okay, make, makes sense. Okay. Uh, and finally, monitoring, uh, which can be done through school leadership teams and not just administration. Uh, it's a different perspective sometimes for some folks. Monitoring often attempts to answer three main questions. One, are teachers implementing with fidelity or faithfulness? Two, what challenges are teachers experiencing? And three, is the initiative leading to positive change? So lots, of, lots to, to unpack there, lots to consider. Nate, how does your experience with various initiatives and changes compare with the suggestions we just talked about? I don't know what it is, maybe just being in education, you know, as, as the years go on, you kind of see these things. For, maybe it's the same for you guys. It can kind of be easy to spot things that you know are not going to have lasting power. Am I right? Do you kind of get a, a sense, a feel that when you're presented with certain things like, ooh, that has some substance, that doesn't. Um, and it kind of does maybe fall under some of this list again. And see what they did is they just kind of reworded it. But I think they have that reflection piece in here that you were mentioning earlier there, Kristen, that maybe the other ones were missing. Um, but you were saying earlier, if it's too about time, and some of these things include like leadership teams where teachers are taking more of an initiative and having more responsibility to make sure that, hey, our teachers' needs being met and things like that. And if we're being honest, that takes a lot of time too. It takes that dedication for teachers to take on that sort of responsibility to be willing to enact some of these changes to maybe try some something new and and again it maybe it sounds selfish but that's tough that's asking a lot of people so again by that buy-in maybe there are a lot of people who are willing but you know life is tough <laughs> there's so many responsibilities outside of school as well that people are dealing with that are juggling with um unless you're single and have no kids and people think that you can just do whatever right Fitz? oh no life none that's like, right no. yeah, that's the that's the implication here <laughs> No, and I mean, Nate, I agree with you. And I, I think that the various initiatives 
right? Like having that buy-in, having the support, have, you know, empowerment of everyone involved in order to create something that, that you're proud of. And I, I had the opportunity last year of attending the technology conference, right? When it was, it was like in, right before COVID and that was, it's very inspiring and energizing to me to see what other schools are doing and bringing it back. Because I, I personally believe that even though time is an issue and there's other things going on, no one, no one likes to be stagnant. No one likes to be like, okay, I'm doing the same thing I did the year before, the week before, whatever it may be. And so having um, certain initiatives can it, it, it energize the the staff and 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 the kids as you as you continue to grow and i think along with that yeah it can be energizing but for me what's energized me whether it's an initiative or whether it's a, a, something i can do maybe in my classroom or something i can change it comes back to this whole buying like i've had a choice like i've had a, a stake in it right i think it's very different if if something's being from being put from the top down I think that, and from my experience, that's harder to see really have a lot of buy-in versus it being more organic per se, for lack of a better term. But when things are just coming in and say, okay, this is what we're doing. We're doing this, this way and that way. It's like, okay. I mean, even from like the perspective of students, how many, how how often do we hear from students? Like, why am I doing this? So the idea is teachers, we try to give our students choices. Yes, there's things that they need to accomplish, but still allowing them to have a voice in what is done in the classroom. That's huge. It's huge for them to have buy-in in what I'm doing. I don't want them just to be mindlessly going through things. Now, does that happen? Sure. I'm a, I'm a, I'll say it probably does, right? Um, not for you guys. I understand because you you guys are – you set the gold standard. Um, but the idea is you, whenever you have this idea, oh, I have a little bit of free – I have a little bit of say. I have a little bit of choice. That's where it comes in for me to be able to you know, like put my own spin on it, take, put my own take to have that freedom, uh, pun, yeah. see where freedom, to do that. I see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and I, I kind of wanted to like my final thought on this was was almost like you know there's a lot of, like when you talk about initiatives and and you know systematic change and things you know it, it's easy to kind of reflect on how we roll with those changes now like we are this is maybe like just such a very interesting time to discuss this because what I mean just think of all the changes not just teachers but everybody in this world has had to roll with over the past year, right? So maybe it's really good things have come from it. It's taken me us as teachers to a new level in yeah. my technology wise. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think it, it has really gone to, to, it's really come to show that, you know, t- teachers, uh, and as well as many other demographics and many other groups of people, but uh, this is a podcast for teachers. So, uh, um, teachers are very, very good across the board, basically at, rolling with the changes, like just adapting, adapting to, to change. Right now that doesn't necessarily mean that change is always met with a level of enthusiasm that, <laughs> that every, every, uh, you know, administrator may, uh, hope that it is. But, um, th- despite that fact, you know, I think we could all, we could, we could look back at everything that we've ever done. You know, they, we, you know, sometimes you, we roll your eyes when something kind of comes across your desk or through the email or like, oh, here's a new plan, here's a new initiative, whatever. But I think that at the at the root of it, you know, like every piece, like there are pieces of each thing that could be taken away. Like, the, like on, on its face, every, like there are positives, there are good things that can be learned and, and gleaned and taken away from, from each of those things. Now, um, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that like there is no, you know, as, as we said at the beginning, there is no silver bullet, I wouldn't say, you know, like there, like there's no uh, panacea for, you know, like overall school improvements or student, you know, achievement and things like that. Again, it's, it's going to take that village, but, um, you know, it, it's easy to kind of, <laughs> to look at this topic and it, you know, again, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not much of a naysayer myself most of the time. So, um, you know, it's easy to look at that in terms of like, oh, here we go again, you know, all these negatives or whatever. But I mean, there are positives that can be taken away from each of those things that we've experienced and will in the future. But um, I think it's important to be realistic in that no one thing is going to solve all of the problems. You're right. Um, well, when we come back, the long anticipated return 
of Uncle Griff. And not just in commercial form. Stick around. The views and opinions expressed on Pod for Teacher are solely those of the authors and participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Freedom Area High School or the Freedom Area School District. Any account of this podcast without the written consent of the Cobra Kai Dojo is strictly prohibited. We're now joined by everyone's favorite, Uncle Griff. Hey guys, thanks for uh, having me on the, the podcast today. It's nice to be here. For those who may not be familiar, Griff is our school's very own world history teacher and boys basketball coach extraordinaire. Shall we say Dr. Jeff? Dr. J? Jeff? <laughs> I don't know. I do like, I mean, I like the basketball reference to Dr. J, but. <laughs> You know, shooting from the hip right now, buddy. Just <laughs> that's not how you're supposed to shoot a basketball. <laughs> Fingers in the hoop. That's what they say, right? Um, anyways, welcome back. Welcome back, buddy. It's good to have you. Um, the other time that you were here was when you were debating with our uh, our, our friend Chris Conan way back in season two. The episode I believe was called "Athletics Matter," episode four, season two. Wow, long time ago. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I remember. I think. Uh... Chris Conan and I had a few different views on on some of the, the the items that were brought up on that show, but it was good. It was nice back and forth. I enjoyed I being there. I'm glad to be back. Yeah. Well, what? Uh, so, so it's been a while, right? So, uh, how's how are things? Like, what's uh, give, give give the listeners a little update on on the life of Jeff Griffith in the last I don't know two years. Oh man, two years. Well, um, I don't know if you guys heard about this COVID thing, but <laughs> we've. Uh, I've been teaching from my classroom, but there are no students here. They are all on the computer. And uh, so I've been been here. I'm in my classroom. Um, and like, yeah, like I said, teaching to the computer. Um, that's about it, guys. I don't know. Um, oh, I saw you. I, I guess in those two years, I mean, I guess in my personal life, there's been some <laughs> stuff. Like I had a kid, you know, I have a. I have a, a sweet new little daughter, not so new, over a year old now. She turned one uh, on the 10th, which is my mom's birthday, by the way, as well. Oh, but yeah, so now um, I'm a dad of three. Okay, I've got Ryan, who is now uh, 15, a sophomore. Uh, Kendall is now four. And then Natalie, like I said, just turned one. So they, they've been keeping me busy. Um but I got to say, like, you know, when, when the pandemic first hit, working at home with them being there was was something, you know, that was something. So it's it was hard to focus on both. So it's nice to, to be able to come to the classroom now and, and do some work from here. And I will say from my own personal experience with you today, you, sir, changed a tire right out there in the park. I saw you, you had a flat. Yeah, um, yeah coming into school, yeah. like I was, I was on Harvey Run. My car started doing like a, you know, like it's kind of bumping a little, kind of bouncing a little. So I was able to kind of pull into the parking lot here and see my, my tire was flat. So I spent my, I spent my lunch today fixing the tire. Nate came out and supervised. I did. I gave him a tip. I gave him a tip. He did. He did actually make one helpful suggestion and then a lot of uh, sarcastic comments. <laughs> now. When your car usually bounces and bumps, though, is it from the music that you have planned? Is oh, yeah. The, it's, yeah. It's usually that. Oh, I figured. XM, the fly radio, you know. <laughs> so virtual teaching, parenting, coaching, tire changing, man. This this guy is a big <laughs> boy. And so for that reason, we we are grateful that you, you took some time out of that crazy busy schedule to come back and join us. But we thought, hey, this is the perfect time to bring you back on because we – um, you know, are letting our listeners know now that, um, that you've been working towards your uh, administrator credentials. And, we, and we're talking about um, on this episode things about, uh, uh, you know, initiatives and programs and things that are aimed at improving a school and or a district. And, and thought, hey, like from somebody who's experienced it from, you know, I, and one thing maybe listeners don't know about you is that you are the, the son of a former administrator. You were working towards that end right now yourself. And obviously as a teacher, you've 
had experience with several administrators yourself. So um, that, that's where we're at today. That's why, why we thought it'd be a perfect time to have you back. And um, Nate, I want you to kick us off, actually. Okay. All right, buddy. All right. So let's just throw this out. Besides money, okay, let's, let's throw that out there. Okay. Obviously, money can be a factor and influence. Why are you contemplating making the switch from the classroom to the office? All right. Now, you know, to, to start, I would say, like, I'm not ready to, to make that jump yet. You know, I might never make that jump. That's true. But, you know, I like to have the option. Um, but, but honestly, to, to answer your question, uh, when I was like first out of college years and years ago, I had got my master's degree in educational leadership. And the way it's done, you know, I'm from Ohio, the great state of Ohio, as you guys know. <laughs> Uh, most schools, like that's kind of the, the way things would uh, would go. Like you usually get your master's and then take some additional classes after that to get your um, principal certification. So I got my master's back in like 2012, not to date myself, uh, from the University of Dayton. And then, um, I don't know, I did a couple things last school year that I found kind of interesting. One, I became a building rep for our union with me and yeah, Kristen there. We worked together on that. And uh, I don't know, so I started just kind of some, started to kind of see some things, you know, behind the scenes, some things the principals do, uh, other school administrators. And I also served on a uh, district-wide uh, committee also with Kristen. And uh, oh I kind of saw some, some things that uh, we did with our superintendent and, you know, that they kind of would pass down um, to the principals and then to you know teachers i don't know just kind of you know kind of work on those two uh things this past year i was actually in the, the fall of last year i was like you know i only need three classes uh to get my principal certification uh, from the university of dayton and so i was like you know i could do them online um so i said you know why not go ahead and, and do that and uh which was weird because like last year is probably one of the most fun years i had teaching so it's not that I'm in a hurry to to make that switch, and like I said, maybe I, I never will. Um, but last year, up until the COVID hit, it was a great year, a great group of kids. I was feeling good as a teacher. Um, so that's kind of why I'm taking these these classes, you know. And uh, it's always good to have options, but you know, I'm no rush to leave the classroom. Oh, hey, well, and we're in no rush for you to leave the classroom. On a side note, do you get a residual check for saying Dayton so often? <laughs> no, but I feel like you know some of our listeners maybe not don't know That's right. there, all the great parks and things about Ohio. So like the, we have no idea where our listeners are from. Most of them could be from Ohio. We have no clue, right? Or New York. You never know. That's right? true. <laughs> but it's very similar to Ohio. New York does the same, where people continue on at, to get their administrative degree, but it's not. It's for other positions within the school districts. Um, for example, with like business, a uh, business manager position would come from within. It wouldn't be um, outside. So that's different than Pennsylvania. And it sounds like different from Ohio, too. So but Griff, you've worked in various school districts in different capacities, obviously, including coaching. So my question to you is, what would you consider to be the foundational factors for bringing about positive, indelible change to a school or district? I think um, kind of like just a, a personal belief of mine is, is it's, you know, to include other people um, in the decision making, like when you're working with people like you want to, you don't necessarily have to be democratic. And, and you guys were asking about my classes I'm taking right now. And I actually heard a, a talk recently, someone was saying like, just, you know, it's important to include people. It doesn't mean you have to take a vote, you know, as like a principal of a building, you might have a committee. Um, it doesn't mean you just say, hey, we got to solve this problem. You know, six people say yes, four people say no. So then you go with the yes. But um, they talked about more of like a consultative, consultative, consultative. I don't consolidated consult. You're, you know, roll with it. Consultative, excuse me, consultative okay. approach where you want to hear your committee, hear what you know they're the expertise. Like if you know you're a principal and you're working in a a school building, you want to hear from your teachers and get their thoughts and opinions and hear them talk back and forth. But then, you know, you as the principal have to make that final decision. So I think it's, you know, um, and that's something, like I said, I've learned in my classes kind of recently. So, and I think that's kind of the approach I've taken, like, you know, being part of the coach and being, you know, a leader in the classroom of students is, uh, you know, like work together, include, include people. 
Um, I think that's a, a good approach. Nice. I like that response. And I just want to give Kristen some props. That's a beautiful word, indelible chain. That's lovely. Um, um, I'm working on my vocabulary skills, so I actually updated that word last night. Would it be beneficial to have a word a day toilet paper roll and you can just kind of go through it and, and see? Um, but I'm actually uh, challenging my students. We have a bracket going and we're playing some vocabulary games. Um, and I just lost twice to Erica, a girl, Erica, in my class who mm -hmm. is top mm -hmm. notch. And so I, I, I feel like I need to really improve. So I've been challenging myself. What were Fitz? Were you invited? Because I was not invited to this challenge. Were you invited to this vocab challenge? No, I. I uh, <laughs> but I, I feel like my my lack of invitation was just for for fear of the competition. <laughs> <laughs> Those English teachers, I'll tell you. I tell you. All right. Well, we can play after. All right. <laughs> I don't know if my I don't know if my ego could take a take a. <laughs> <laughs> um. Griff, so one of the things that we get into uh, in this, uh, you know, as we kind of looked into this, uh, this topic for our for our episode today, you know, the, the episode we're, we're calling this episode "Smoke and Mirrors versus Substance," right? So we're we've all experienced so many different initiatives over the years and things like that, and a lot of times they, they seem to come about whenever change happens within the school or within the district. You get a new administrator, you get a new, you know, like leadership team or whatever, like some, some sort of uh, change happens at the top or whatever. So it, it's kind of, it, it's kind of curious to us. And we're, and I'm, I'm wondering now that you're into these classes is the, is there a push from the academic side of the certification program to, okay, you know, leave your mark when you go into a school, when you go into a district, um, it is incumbent upon you to enact some sort of policy change or a program that you come up with or whatever, or, or, or is that kind of up administrator? Are you seeing any of that from your side? Okay, I'll say this. Um, I'm glad you asked that question because uh, the class I'm taking, I'm actually in my very last class right now. It's just called the principal shift and kind of uh, overall just all the things you'll deal with. But uh, the professor is a, a superintendent of Centerville School District. Uh, Centerville City Schools in uh, Southwest Ohio, but he was kind of saying, you know, you know, uh, don't come in and try to make changes right away before you know the place. He's like, you know, he said a mistake a lot of principals could do make, young principals make, um, is coming in and trying to make too much change right away. He's like, that first year, you should be more of a building manager. Um, you know, show that staff that you can do um that you know you, you'll handle the administrative tasks you know running the building handling discipline you know uh communicating figuring out the way the building's going to run um and once you've established that then you should look at you know to be an instructional leader and that's that's one thing in, in the courses i've taken there's a big you know look or a big push to, for people to look at your two roles you know one being the building manager the second being the instructional leader um so yeah, so I wouldn't say there's a push, or I, you know, I, you know, to just rush in and, and make a name for yourself or changes. Um, so yeah, so I would say no, not not really. But, but I thought that really struck with me too. Like when he said that, just he's like, you know, the first thing I would do, and there's a another, and one thing of the classes I've, I've taken, not to mention Dayton again, University of Dayton. But um, in my classes, we've heard from so many principals, like across you know the state and even you know from other states just tell them about their experiences and things. And there's one principal who had talked about like the first thing he said I would ever, you know, do is, is you know, taking a principal job is kind of create those rules of engagement with your staff and not just yourself. It kind of goes to Kristen's question, sit down with your staff, decide how are we going to operate? Like, you know, you know, when I send an email, you know, what do you guys think is a fair time to respond to that? You know, how do you want to communicate? Do we believe in being on time, you know, and sit down with that staff and create like what you, you know, how the ins and outs, how you're going to work with each other. And I, I like the term rules of engagement, how we're going to operate. And that kind of goes, he's like, that's how you should start. He's like, and then again, like I said, the other guy had mentioned, you know, build, build that trust, show you can do the job, you can run the building. And then they, they do want leaders to, to uh, improve, you know, education, improve learning, um, which can get tricky too. Because one thing I have noticed in a lot of the classes and 
this may be a difference in Ohio and Pennsylvania. Uh, there's a lot of tests, a lot of talk of tests, of tests, you know, standardized tests, and a lot of instruction has to do with, you know, data, collecting data about tests, and, and a lot of it's test related. And I feel like since I've been in Pennsylvania, and I've spent about half of my career teaching in Ohio, half in Pennsylvania, um, I feel like since I've been here in Pennsylvania, there's been less um, emphasis on, you know, uh, making sure kids pass the test, pass the, t you know, um, we're in Ohio. I feel like that was really hammered into us. Like, make sure your kids pass the test. So, you know, I, know I got a little off topic there, but no, you, you go wherever you want, wherever the wind blows, we support you. you. Uh, but kind of like a follow up to that. So, yeah, take your time, maybe not change things right away. But in general, whether it's as an administrator or from what you've seen from like growing up with your folks or even being a teacher or being a coach, sometimes change is important and changes do need to be made. Yet, there are a lot of obstacles to seeing that change actually sticking and having value and substance. So I'm just curious from what you've noticed, like even though change might be necessary, it could be in on the basketball court, right? Could be in the classroom, could be whatever. What are some of the biggest hurdles or obstacles that you, you've seen or that you've heard or seen other people experience when they really try and bring about true change yet it doesn't really seem to want to stick? Okay. Um, I think sometimes it's, I think time is an issue having the time to, to do things. Um, I know, you know, some other things that, that I've heard from principals just throughout some of the class I've taken said, you know, they're a big believer in, in um, uh, teacher-based teams or professional learning uh, communities, you know, different things like that. But they said, if you don't meet twi twice a month, then like your, your committee or your group, it's not going to be effective. You know, like whenever, I mean, we've been put on groups and stuff and, I mean, everyone has like, I mean, and it's just hard to find time to meet. You might meet once every couple months and it's just hard to, to keep that. So I think if you're going to make change and you're going to start doing things differently, you've got to find a way to let teachers meet or, you know, whoever that the group be that they can meet on a regular basis uh, to follow through with that. And I think that gets tough with teaching. I mean, you guys know how it is. I mean, we're busy all the time. You know, we're constantly doing stuff. Um, working with kids, grading things, planning lessons. Um, I think time is a challenge sometimes, finding the time to consistently work together to make change. I agree with that, even just looking at, like in, even from my perspective as a teacher in the classroom, making sure if I, maybe I want to make big changes in a certain topic or curriculum, making sure that I give them, my students enough time to adjust to those changes or to the way things are running. So I think that's a, yeah, it's a good reminder to be able to give time for those changes to, to really come to fruition there. So I appreciate that. And I appreciate the thought on time and, and making that time and, and having, having a shared vision, if you will, is kind of what you had mentioned um, earlier. And that's one of the pillars that we have discussed, but at, at no part, um, like, do you feel that there is a strength to like a, a reflection time right like a self-reflection for the teacher self-reflection for the administration even for students right now um and do you believe that would extrapolate the full potential of where everyone could go Ooh, extrapolate 10 points <laughs> um, yeah i was uh actually i had to read something uh for uh, my class i'm in right now um talking about like when you if you're going to move forward as a staff um, you do have to engage in that like reflection and it can't just be surface level. It can't, um, you know, just be done a little bit. Like you have to get that buy-in and you kind of go back to the, the last question they asked, like you need time um, and you need that buy-in and you, yeah, but I would say reflection. I think most of the research and things I've been presented in these classes says yes, that is um, the key, but I think the problem is it is usually surface level for a lot of people. And again, no, no not to anyone's fault sometimes other than, you know, trying to find time to do things. But so, wait, so what you're saying, what you're saying, coach, I'm going to your other side here. It's like watching game film after the game, right? You, you watch players, you watch the game and you pull out, hey, this is what we did well. This is what we need to improve upon, but applying that in other areas. See, see what I did there for you there? Coach? Oh, you're right. And I'll tell you that, Nate, to say that well, that's something we, we haven't done much of. Um, 
the last couple of years. And sometimes there's another time thing, you know, like as a coach, you've only got so much time with your kids. So you got to say, you know, do we watch film? Do we go, you know, do we have stuff we need to work on in practice? And you got to make some of those decisions. And that's something that would help us if we watch more film. Um, but I've, you know, does the basketball program offer the same um, type of film website that a football program does? Yeah, we use Huddle like most. I mean, most like high school uh, football and basketball coaches use. Yeah. So the guys are able to watch on their own uh, things. But um, yeah, when you can have film sessions together as a team, it's you know sometimes players just want to see themselves make make a few shots, <laughs> make it rain. So, uh, you know, you're, you're, we're talking about this topic basically from the lens of a teacher or an administrator, or even a potential administrator or whatever. But, um, I, I kind of wanted to focus a little bit, uh, start with my last question here, about um, maybe what that would look like from a student's perspective. Now, you have a son, like your, your, your oldest uh, is a high school student now, which, holy cow, I can't believe that. <laughs> um, but uh, it seems like yesterday he was, you know, showing up at our softball game, heckling you from the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> Those are good times. Good times. Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, yeah. Fitz really, uh, really enjoyed enjoyed that. He was really critical of Dad's gameplay, but hey, that's that's, <laughs> that's for another day. Um, but anyways, he, he's in high school now. Um, I don't know how much he maybe you know shares uh, his day-to-day -day or school experience with you. I know how high school students can be sometimes with that stuff, but um, I'm always curious about how teachers with children, you know, that especially ones that go to different schools, how they kind of view their education and like their experiences and things like that. So certainly he's had to experience some of these district-wide changes or these initiatives or programs or whatever from a student's perspective. Do you, do you hear much about that from him? And like, and if so, does it seem like he really can kind of tell that these things are kind of being, um, you know, like enacted like in his school or in his classroom or whatever, or is it kind of, eh, it's just day to day, like it just kind of floats over. Um, so we're, you're not talking about like the recent changes, like going online, but just like whenever school initiatives take place. Right, right. Um, no, I don't, I, I think it's over his head and he's a good student. Um, he, he does very well. He's a very serious student. I wish I would have been a little more like him when I was in high school. I don't know where he gets that from, but uh, um, no, I don't think. I, I even as a parent of a student in high school, um, you know, I, I don't think I do notice or you know, other than just you know, I might you know check out the school website or catch a part of a board meeting here or there and hear stuff. Um, and uh, but yeah, from him, no, I think students. Because they had the only uh, one initiative. I'll bring one up that we did in our school one time. Uh, you guys may remember. Uh, oh man, forgetting that was the writing, Collins writing. Like I brought that up with our student. Like I love it. I I love it. And, and I was like talking to our students. I said, "Hey, we had this training. Like I told them, like we did this. This is what we'll start doing. We'll start doing a type one writing, a type two. And so like I did really tell them, you know, hey, there's going to be this change." Um, but again, they might have went home and probably forgot everything I said that day too. Wow. So they probably didn't go to their parents. So no, I think it is hard to see outside of the administrators and the teachers. Um, and maybe you know, maybe there are some parents who are better parents than I, a little more <laughs> into it. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I, I guess I'm not terribly surprised by that, and I don't know that that's limited to like an initiative or a district wide change or anything like that. Because how many things that we have, like, kind of in our toolbox if you will like that we like okay we're going to do this in class this is an objective like an unstated objective this is something i want them to get out of this lesson that i'm not going to come right out and tell them that that's what i want them to do or get out of it and then it happens and so, sometimes some of those things maybe they don't even realize until years later like oh my gosh like that's why, why that was so important so it could be something like that but i always do sort of <laughs> i'm amused by the thought of you know you, you're trying something in class and then you know your student catches you and says like you had that meeting, didn't you? That's why. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? Like, ah, we see. Yep. Fitz, are you saying that you don't stand up there every class and just read through the list of state standards as to what you're going to cover for that lesson that day? Is that what you're trying to tell me? We're not supposed to do that. I've been doing 
<laughs> Every day. Anyways, uh, Griff, thank you so much for taking the time to, to be with us. I, that was a really, uh, I, I don't know, that was a lot of good information there that, uh, that right. I'll like, uh, you know, take with us there. And and, and best of luck to you in, the, in your final class. I can't believe you've, you've gone through that so quickly. It seems like you just started and you're already almost there. No, I did just start. So <laughs> three, three classes. It was, really it was great. Three classes. I did one in the spring, one in the summer, and then back to the spring, just like that. So that's great. Again, still love being in the classroom. So no rush to leave. No, no yeah. rush to the dark side, my friend. You're you're good. You're good. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, th hey, thanks again for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming. When we come back, the exit ticket. Stick around. Pod for Teachers brought to you by Pants. Yes, Pants. Because this past year was trying at times to find the will to wear quote unquote real clothes. But here's to 2021, to a year that hasn't made us completely give up on the idea of looking presentable just yet. So we have a lot of thoughts that were shared here today, and I appreciate you as my colleagues, and I appreciate Griff um, and his insights. So, uh, really, what have we learned, right? Like, can can we do we have any control to implement any of this? I think uh, I think yes, we do. I mean, I, I think when we have an opportunity to make our voices heard, to kind of share in the discussion. Kind of contribute to that shared vision that you talked about before. I think we need to do that. I um, there's nothing more frustrating than uh, a non-participant having a strong opinion about something uh, that they disagree with after the fact. It's like you know, if if you if you don't vote, don't complain about who gets elected. Is kind of like the way that I look at that. I was uh, just gonna say that. Two months. Look at that. We're just right there. Um, that's oh, so I mean, then th that's kind of where I am with that. I, I feel like. Uh, you know, participate, take, take that responsibility. There's so much change. There's so much that we can do just independently. Uh, you know, we're not going to, to make our classrooms better to, to help our students more. Right. We cannot always control the kinds of things that kind of come our way. Right. Like when we have a say, I think we should, we should say it, but lots of times there's going to be things that are handed down to us and we're just, we just have to roll with it. Like roll with the changes. Like we are, are want to do. And, and make the most of it. And, and I guess under the realization that, you know, it is incumbent upon us to do our, our best with it, to try, you know, like obviously if you get a directive, you have to follow it, but, but right. uh, there are good, there are positives within each of these things. And maybe we need to try to focus on some of that stuff um, because some of those things can be kind of taken away and then used even if uh, that initiative or plan happens to kind of fall by the wayside. Like we said, you know, like we, um, like you know, Griff talked about, and when we talked about to him, like you know, there he, he still uses some writing strategies that you know that, that other folks maybe haven't haven't used in quite a while. Whatever he found that to be useful, that's great, you know. So t I think take take those those positives away from it when you can. And kind of off of that, you, you're right. There's there's a lot sometimes. Hey, you just got to do what you got to do. I mean, that's true for any job, right? There's stuff that you just need to say. All right, I'll do it. But when they were talking about earlier in the, from that one article about how they when you're constructing maybe different changes to get the input of maybe teachers, coaches, staff members, people who've been there a while. I don't know about you, but for like the big, at least in my experience, for like massive, like district wide sort of initiatives, have we, have you guys had a lot of like input on what are your thoughts on this topic? This is an idea that we might want to roll out to the whole district. I don't, I don't remember it necessarily having a big, I don't know, say on those sort of things like, hey, this is the overall idea. What do you guys think about like a district wise sort of thing? So I'm just trying to think like that could be something for any school, any district, instead of necessarily like buying in wholeheartedly saying this is what we're going to do as a district to maybe get some input from stakeholders that we use that word before already. Right? Right. right. Have you guys had any of that? Like when it comes to, like these huge, like wide scale sort of programs or initiatives where like they've asked for like your input or. I mean, when I was new here that that's how we established the project-based learning um it was uh, it was like two years of of the staff developing uh, that whole process okay. um and so then that carried through um through through various aspects right but with uh, there uh, the recent ones no we i've just been um you know learning while i'm there 
And who knows? Oh, yeah, that's just a thought. I don't know if it would actually change anything, if it would help. But that was just what made me thinking when they were talking about the construction or the implementation of different things, trying to get um, the input there. And I think we talked about too having a seat at the table and our voices being heard, all these sort of things, just to, I guess, the idea is allowing us to, for, for us, at least as teachers, to feel more connected, like you're saying, Chris, and to have pride in what we're doing, to be yeah. able to make that yeah. connection to these different changes or things that want to want to take place. It's interesting as we discuss this, like, so in my, in my multimedia class right now, we're talking about the Super Bowl, right? This is always my unit, like two weeks before the Super Bowl. So um, there's been a, you know, the few of the companies do an early release of their, their commercials. So today we went through and um, the persuasive techniques that are used in advertising are to elicit some emotion, whether it be humor, whether it be, you know, celebrity spokespeople or something along those lines. And there's a new commercial out right now that challenges you to think in a way of, of why you're happy. If you're happy because of what you've done or do, do you have to wait to the end to be happy? Which then took me back to my high school philosophy class where I learned about Machiavelli and Immanuel Kant. And surprisingly, I've been reading my high school philosophy book that um, I'm cool. And but ultimately, it talks about um, the view of the world and your work environment from a position of awe and wonder and uh, from a position of viewing the end in mind, always keeping that end. So our goal throughout the whole process, right? Sure. We could be, you know, initiatives could be hammered, but the true goal is what are the, what is the student outcome of this? Is this going to help the students leave and graduate and go beyond that wall and, and see a world full of, of opportunity and constructive areas, right? And truthfully, that's the goal. So whether we choose to do it, in, in my opinion, but whether we choose to do it collectively or individually, that's where the struggle can sometimes come. And, and the sharing of info and the sharing of resources I believe COVID has pushed us to do a lot of that. I mean, there's certainly shared everything on the internet, but even with our in our own faculty, the amount of information that we share with one another, I think has increased. No, I'd agree with that, yeah. Yeah, and I do, I, I do think that, I mean, there's a lot to be said about whenever you have some sense of autonomy, right? I mean, right we were all new one at one point or whatever. And a lot of times you inherit like a whole curriculum or lessons and units and things like that. And, and maybe to get started, maybe to get your feet wet, you, you roll with it. Right. But think about as you adapt and you start to create your own things and you find your own voice, um, how much more you get into what it is you're doing or whatever. This is a sort of the same thing in my mind. It's if you're looking at the whole picture and thinking, okay, well, I can follow the rules. Like I can, I can follow instructions. I can play the game. I can, I can walk the line. But at the end of the day, if I, ha if I'm a part of this, if, if I'm a part of that, of that change, um, I'm going to be way more engaged with it. I'm going to be on board uh, on a different kind of level. And I think that, um, you know, like I said, Griff, Griff pointed that out. And I, I think that is, that's great to hear that that's, that's something that, that's being taught um, for that uh, next generation of administrators and I, I think we've been lucky to, to have some you know over the years like you know that, that have allowed us to have have a say right in, and in, that creation oh yeah i'd agree with that and you just got me thinking whenever there are initiatives even within it there's probably something that we can take away as mentioned before like you don't have to do it like every teacher doesn't have to, like you know hammer out an initiative the same way like we have to make it our own like the way I would teach a U.S. history class would be different than somebody else, right? I'm saying like we're teaching U.S. history, but we do it to our own strengths and we do it to our, in our own ability. And so that's kind of like the same mindset for like when these things come about that together collaboratively, we can say, hey, this is the this is the shell, if you will. Like this is the general idea. But however you want to, you know, shape it and form it according to like your strengths. And I, I think that that's the yeah. big, big takeaway for me. I agree. I agree. I think it's as good a place as any to end things for the day. Um, so we are at pod for teacher on Twitter. Give us a follow. Um, you can find me at a Fitzpatrick CJE. I'm at Enlane Jelly. And I'm at Kay Milanovic. 
Hit that subscribe button, just don't lead with your helmet. And if you're feeling saucy, leave a rating and review wherever you found our pod. We like stars almost as much as I like lipstick on pigs. And reviews help more people find us and connect. Best wishes for spring semester, everybody. I'll talk to you next time. See you later. Bye. See ya.